When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, everybody, to episode 89 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen, live from a pro shop at Hyde Park in Niagara Falls, joined alongside Dwayne Steinow. We are very lucky to be joined by the one and only ESPN stalwart, keeping hockey alive from Chicken Parm to Butchie OT Challenge, John Butchergross. Really happy to have him on. Thanks for your time, John. Well, before we bring him in, I got a special introduction for the for the Butchie man himself. Here we go. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're stuck. We suck. <laughs> Thanks for being here, John. That's a big fan of yours, man. Everything um, you do for ESPN from college hockey. Uh, to now having the NHL back. We're, we're excited to have you here, especially with Jack Eichel coming back to Buffalo uh, with Vegas. Uh, thanks for joining us here. You bet. Good to be here. Love, always love talking hockey with hockey people. Yeah, I appreciate you hopping on with us, Bucci. I know we've kind of played a little bit of phone tag back and forth for a little bit here. Um, huge fan of yours, man. Everything you do, especially since the NHL has returned to ESPN, um, you know, long overdue if you ask me. Uh, you've been a real integral part of that. You've been a real big ambassador for the game of hockey at all levels. So, again, I really appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Yeah, it's a, it's been a good run. Been lucky. And hockey's uh, contributed a lot to my life. Um, all my best moments are around the sport. So, it's, uh, it's, and it's now it's going great at ESPN. Uh, it just uh, The train keeps rolling. It's, I've been very lucky. We, we like to say that, uh, we, we do like to say that at, um, at train wreck sports, this train never stops. And especially not tonight here, uh, with you, with you on two goalies, one Mike and tomorrow with the return of Jack Eichel to Buffalo, it's, uh, you know, after a very like unceremonious breakup, the trade, everything that went down, uh, you know, the fight between doctors and just, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, being a Buffalo Sabres fan isn't isn't easy enough. isn't isn't very easy to begin with, especially over the last like five six years. You know, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Um, but 
dent that kind of like have it all top off with the exit interviews last year between both him and Sam Reinhardt, the disconnect. And now to come now to get into that trade, which yeah, I mean, Buffalo did a hell of a job, I think, with Alex Tuck, a guy who I mean he, he might be the only guy who would have been smiling as much as he was and as happy as he was when he found out he was getting traded from Vegas to Buffalo. You know, a guy who truly didn't want to be here, Peyton Krebs in the draft picks. So, I mean, it's, you know, this has been a, a date that's been circled on everybody's calendars. Yeah, it was an unfortunate way it ended and still kind of perplexed why the Sabres had the attitude they did towards Eichel and the surgery he wanted. It didn't seem like that it was that difficult of a thing when a, a guy like that, you know, your star wants to do something. Uh, I don't know if that would have mattered in the end if it could have saved the relationship. But yeah, at that point you move on and do the best you can. Like you said, I think they did okay getting someone like Tuck and, and we'll see how Krebs works out and uh, the draft pick works out. And from you know, all you can do now is go forward and try to keep accumulating good players. And looks like they're slowly doing that. You know, you hope they can, with the uh, Owen power coming probably next month when Michigan season's over, I'm sure he'll sign up and, play some games here this year to get an idea and get his, get his uh, career going. And then it's just a matter of, you know, do you trade for a Jacob Chikorin to put with him and try to create these pairs on D and get Darlene a partner that fits him the best. And so it's going to be a, it's, I think it's somewhat of an exciting time. I think they do have hope. I think they got some pieces. Now you got to make the continue to bring the right pieces in, get lucky in the draft, maybe get a free agent or two and obviously get go- great goaltending which you're going to have to have anyway so I, st- I think there's si- some hope now for the Sabres yeah you brought up goaltending and, and we've talked about it like it, it's tough being in the spot they're obviously not contenders this year and you know you, we've had a couple of games more than a couple that you know had we had replacement average goaltending could they have gone the other way yes does it matter in the long term no I think Kevin Adams is doing is the best job he can like you mentioned earlier and, and Dwayne brought up, it, it, perplexing is a great word to use with how the Eichel drama went down. Um, you, you'd like to think that an organization would treat their star player better, but I think you hit on a key point. Would it have mattered at that point? I think the writing was on the wall. You go back to you know consistency in an organization from the, the coaches and the GMs, from the O'Reilly trade, and everything that could go wrong can go wrong back to a rebuild where we were when we were tanking for McDavid or Eichel. So yeah. I, you know, you touch on it a lot in, in, you know, in your play-by-play and your uh, color commentary, but you need consistency, whether it's at the college level, the NHL level. And I hope we start to see that from Kevin Adams in the front office. Um, Cause Buffalo is such a great hockey town. You've always been a, like a fan of Buffalo. I just wanted to know like, what, what is it that, that made it so special about uh, Buffalo? I don't know if you've been here for all the Frozen Fours. We've, we've, had, we've had quite a few. I remember Thomas Fanick back in the early 2000s with Minnesota, but you've always done such a great job with college hockey um, at ESPN and, and being the, the life you and Barry uh, over the years, Tess. So have it coming back has been great. So what is it about Buffalo that, that, that you've always you know kind of gravitated towards? Well, I was born in Pittsburgh, and I grew up in western Pennsylvania. Then I moved to Steubenville, Ohio, which is kind of a tough blue-collar steel mill town. Lived there from age 11 through college. And so just, you know, those are kind of places that I'm I, you know, used to growing up in, you know, blue-collar places, uh, big sports cities. I love sports. And so that's why it's just been very comfortable. It has that Pittsburgh, Steubenville, Ohio feel for me. And so uh, I, I kind of like that. And yeah, it's just a matter of getting some momentum here with the organization. Uh, it didn't happen with Eichel. And then 
So, and and then the same with Reinhardt, who found a good situation in Florida. So yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's just accumulating pieces. And I think I think Kevin Adams is kind of the guy in personality, hopefully to do it. We'll see how much the Pagulas get involved and, and what happens there as well and how much of, you know, if they were a problem at all and all this. So it's, it, it's I do think they're on the right track. They're starting to get some traction here. Um, and it, it's just going to be fun to watch. I, but I, I really do think there's some hope there now. I really think there's actually a reason that things can begin to go upward and, and not go up and down in a seesaw fashion, which seems to be the case the last few years. And, you know, like you said, maybe Ico had had enough and just like, you know, maybe Connor McDavid's going to go to Edmonton this summer and he'll want to move. It's like, it's been too long. I'm in my mid twenties. I made my money. I'm accumulating my stats. Now I want to win and have that impact. And, you know, maybe McDavid will do that, or maybe he'll give it another year, but at some point they're going to do it. These great yeah. generational players are going to run out of patience and then ask for a trade somewhere that can be better. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's part of the sporting life for these for the, for the kind of uh, underdog markets. And everybody, and like, you know, everybody knows that that, that trade request actually came the year before, uh, you know, Jack approached uh, the, the organization about, you know, possibly moving him. And then in comes Taylor Hall. They convinced him, please just stick it out for us this year. Let us, let us, let, let us try and do something more in the now. They made moves for Eric Stahl, you know, again, Taylor Hall. That didn't work out, really blew up in Buffalo's face. And obviously you can't predict the Jack Eichel injury with the herniated disc in his neck. And then you see, you know, the, you know, the Emily Kaplan uh, interview that she just posted today that I was uh, able to watch and just kind of like his frustrations as they grew. He felt like he was being toyed with by the organization when he was asked to not show up to training camp. And then they, you know, he knew a half few days ahead of time, but then being stripped of the sea, he said he found out in his driveway, in his, in his car, in his driveway, that he was, that he was getting stripped of the sea, which is unbelievable to me that like, that's how, that's how he found out in a phone call from Kevin Adams, you know, while he's just pulling into his driveway and, you know, just everything that went down, it could, it couldn't have been more messy. And now you, you kind of, everything's kind of coming full circle. You know, the, the deal's done. Alex Tuck has really kind of taken a huge leadership role with this team. And now you come in here, the homecoming of Jack Eichel tomorrow night on ESPN plus, obviously we'll see you there. You know, couldn't, couldn't think of a better guy to really host such a kind of a, a again, kind of like a, an event. I, I don't even, can't even find a word, an unprecedented <laughs> event here in Buffalo, uh, a guy like you to host it. And you know, what, what will the fan reaction be? Personally, if it's, if you ask me, I think it's going to be very mixed. I think there's, there's still like, you know, the, the band that, you know, the wound is still pretty fresh here in Buffalo. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to be mixed at all. Um, I think it's going to be one-sided and that won't be good for Jack. I think. You don't think uh, so? Oh yeah. I think they will be booing and there'll be uh they might boo over the Jumbotron video. They might boo every time he touches the puck early. That that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, so because like you said, I think most people know that he probably asked for the trade before the surgery decision. Yeah. Now, maybe, you know, I know they're also mad at the organization, so maybe that could temper some people mm-hmm. and don't want to put it all on Jack. We'll see. But I think it'll mostly be negative reaction. And, uh, yeah, so we'll just try to tell the story. Uh, Ray Ferraro and myself and Emily will also be on the broadcast, the one who did the interview with Jack, and we'll run a portion of that before the game. I think they're delaying the puck drop to like 7:13, which is a little bit later to give us a bigger pregame show. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be, uh, yeah, like you said, it is kind of a, 
you know, I don't know, like you said, event might not be quite the word, but it's definitely something different. It's definitely something every once in a while, these kinds of regular season games pop up, a little more juice, a little more juice in the building. I'm not sure if it'll, you know, result in more ticket sales, if there'll be a bigger crowd than normal, um, you would think, but I don't know for sure. So whatever it is, a lot of intrigue and curiosity, that's for sure. And, and, and that anticipation around, you know, his return and the timing of the Emily Kaplan interview, which did a great job. And like you said, the pushback, the puck drop, it, it kind of it, it tells the story right there itself. Right. Like this is yeah. it is a moment. A and whether, whether it'll be like Dwayne said, maybe mixed. Like you said, I, I, I think I'm with you, Butchie. I think that fans are so frustrated in Buffalo with the Sabres, the Pagulas, and, it, and it's a laundry list of things. Now, is, is it is it fair to take it out on one player? No. Like you said, I think that the fans need to realize that these are human beings we're talking about. And, and they're, they're, the, the prime, the, the prime that used to win is so small with these athletes and, and they need to make decisions on what's best for them. Now I'm not defending Eichel in, in any way, or the, I just think that that's not how you treat a star player. Do no. the fans, every single fan know exactly what happened? No, of course not. Not nobody ever will. Um, I think that I'm with you. I think there'll be a, a, a lot more booze than maybe, a, a, you know, a, a friendly reaction, but it'll be interesting to see having you and Ray Ferraro and Emily on the broadcast will be a treat to watch a big fan of Ray's as well. Um, and so it'll be awesome. I had one quick question when, when Butchie OT started the Butchie OT challenge, where did that come from? Cause that's been one of my favorite things to, to awesome. follow on Twitter. Yeah. Just a little silly game we played back in the day when we had ESPN hockey back in the, uh, late 90s and early 2000s when, you know, it, it was off camera. Me, Ferraro, and Melrose, would, a game would go to overtime, a playoff game, and our show would start when the game ended. So just to kind of, you know, pass the time there, throw a dollar on the set, we each pick a guy, and if your guy happened to score, you scoop up the other two bucks and start the show. If not, we put the dollar back in our pocket and start the show. But it was just a kind of way to pass the time, a little overtime cool of some sort. And then uh, this one on Twitter kind of dawned on me after being on Twitter for a little bit, just soon after I joined. I said, oh, yeah, I remember that game we used to play. Maybe I'll just throw a tweet out there. I thought it was just kind of a throwaway, silly tweet. And I just couldn't believe the engagement as each game, you know, as I did it more and more. And all I did was retweeting people. That was the prize. I'll retweet 10 people. And that was kind of a big deal when social mm -hmm. media started. That was high currency to get retweeted. So that's just where it started. And I kind of threw out the idea, maybe I'll make t-shirts and I'll give some, I'll, you know, that'll be a prize. And then you can buy them and I'll give away money to hockey charities and initiatives and youth hockey. And, and so, yeah, just that one little tweet blew up. And now I've given away like, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to different hockey people. Like I bought the RPI women, their third jerseys one year. I just kind of do it you know, out of nowhere, whatever kind of moves me to send a check, I do that. And so, uh, yeah, it, it was really an unexpected gem especially as we didn't have hockey all those years not that i wanted to be in the limelight or cared but it did kind of keep me it kind of kept me relevant in the hockey world uh the college hockey and the Butch overtime challenge i mean i remember austin matthews was like you know 17 years old he's dming me asking me for a Bucci t-shirt <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah so all those guys you know all those kids they grew up with me all those kids now who are austin matthews age who grew up via twitter um, as they, I kind of have some cachet with them just because of the silly Twitter game, you know? And uh, so that, that it was nice to kind of stay relevant and in the college hockey as well uh, to see, to, you know, to see me kind of wave the pom-poms. I think all the guys who play college hockey, you know, obviously appreciate that. I, to me, it's not a, like I, I wasn't doing it as a, 
as any kind of public service. It was just fun. Try to make things fun. It wasn't planned. I have no type of business model. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a broadcaster, you know, just to have some fun. They both kind of took off a little bit and it's kind of probably unintentionally helped my career a little bit and, and, and give me, you know, an avenue to meet people and people to be friendly for me to come up to me and say, hi, you know, when I go down and, and talk to the player or when I, you know, we talk to the coaches on game day, go to morning skate. And sometimes we'll see guys walking out and they'll, you know, and they'll all he's hey Bucci, hey Bucci. It's just you know Justin Hall of the Maple Leafs, the defenseman who scored with 0.6 seconds to go in the 2014 national semifinal game against North Dakota. You know I call that goal, and so I'm always I'm kind of tied to him. That's kind of cool. You know it's kind of neat to be attached to these guys for the rest of their life. You know when he's 80 years old, he'll play his grandkids that goal, and that's that's me describing it. That's really cool. Just like Trevor Zegers's goal in Buffalo. You know, oh, don't get started like 10 on that. million dollar, 10 million views, I think, on Instagram. You know, that's my you know, that's me screaming over that goal. You know, so it's a uh, it, it was really yeah, the Bucci stuff and the college hockey stuff was a nice bridge for me as after we lost hockey to kind of stay relevant in the hockey world a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I get- appreciate it. And I, I know so many of us in the game do because it's, it, you know, obviously, like we talked about it, ESPN now having hockey back is so cool. But to, to grow up in the era as a 91 birthday, where I still remember that, the backdrop of the ESPN hockey music, right? And and then to still follow your career with with um, with the college hockey uh, has been so – in the Frozen Four has been so fun. So just, yeah. I love the answer, and I love how it was something that started on, on set, right, that grew into something yeah. so great. I just want to say thank you on behalf of all hockey fans for <laughs> the good oh, that you have sure. done for the hockey community. Yeah, I thought it would have faded away by now, but it keeps no, it's not going anywhere. It's going, baby. It's not going anywhere. I'd like to try to make it a little bit bigger, maybe add a, you know, like a play for ninety nine cents, and uh, as gambling becomes more legal in, in, in each state, to make it like a fun ninety nine cent game that people can win like five grand or something. Right. right? And then and then maybe make even raise more money so I can give even more money uh, to other things as well. Create you know create a business out of it. So we'll see. Maybe there's still hope for that. But for now, it's still just a fun little way yeah. for fans to get engaged. Just heighten the you know the, the broadcast. Even if they're not a fan of one of the teams, they can play and watch and root for their guy. Oh, here he comes, two on one. Maybe that's you know oh, and then he scores. And of course, after they score, they still got to be picked. You know, they, they got to be one of the ten people to get picked because you know three four hundred people are going to get the right answer for just about every player. And so uh, so I can't send three hundred t-shirts after every game, I'd be bankrupt, you know, so I couldn't afford it. Just the postage alone. So people think sometimes they automatically win if their person scores, but I think now it's been long enough. They know there's a second time you got to win and that is just getting selected, you know. That's part of the fun, the anticipation. I think I've got right. one right out of 400 and, and just waited to see if I got the retweet. Yeah, right, right. That's part yeah, of the I, future, right? To see it grow organically. I think that's such a cool thing. And I remember, uh, you know, obviously when we were going back and forth at the start of all this, I mentioned uh, at the end of this, uh, we are going to be giving away a, a college hockey uh, T-shirt for sure. Because just like Collie, I am a huge fan. Still not, not, still not an OT, uh, a Bucci OT winner. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> shooting my shot there. But maybe, maybe I can get some, uh, some clout here having you on two goalies, one mic. Good Doubt help. it, but might help, might help, might help, might help. But yeah, we're going to give away a T-shirt, maybe a hat. Uh, awesome. Uh, just to kind of, you know, like it's just to piggyback off what you said, really, you know, trying to 
engage fans more. And, you know, speaking of college hockey, obviously the Buffalo has a few, you know, premier uh, players in their system between, uh, you know, Owen Power, as you mentioned, Devin Levi, who is putting up possibly the greatest numbers we've seen from a goalie since another former Sabre, Ryan Miller of Michigan State, uh, his numbers before leaving for the Olympics, which it, it just – to be real, it is unbelievable to me that Team Canada didn't play him not one time during the Olympics, and then he then he tells him to stuff it, comes back and makes sixty saves in a yeah. three to one win for Northeastern. So shove I it. Think, well, the part that confuses me is Northeastern's run at the Bean Pot, which is such a cool event. To not have him and to lose in that fashion, right where he could have been the difference in a one nothing game, I think that's got to sting a little bit for him. Nothing against any Pasquale who I played against in the OHL yeah. that they would have chose to play. No, nothing. Yeah, but your thoughts on on the situation and and do does the do the Sabers have the answer in net with Levi or Portillo. with their at Michigan? What are your thoughts? Because that's such an important part. And with Buffalo, with Hashik, then DeMiller, we were lucky for so long. Yeah. And then in this route to see the. The coming and going of, you know, nothing against those guys. It wasn't always on them, but we haven't had that stalwart and net that we were so used to throughout me and Dwayne's childhood from Hashik to, to Miller and, you know, Marty Baran. And it's, do we have the answer in that? I know it's a tough question to ask, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I like the return. And Devon Levi, it's hard to lose Sam Reinhardt. I think more fans are realizing, I, I, I realized his value. I love that guy. Happy to see him doing well with the Panthers. They're such a fun team to watch. Uh, not to see them dismantle the Sabres like they did the other night. But do the Sabres have the answer in that right now? What, what are your thoughts on that in the system? Yeah, we'll see. Like you said, it's like football. you got to have a quarterback. In hockey, you got to have a goalie. And, you know, he kind of reminds me of UC Soros from uh, Nashville. Uh, he's a little – he's a small guy, uh, but he moves really well. And you can tell he really reads the play well. And he's smart and he has good hockey sense. And again, he's not the biggest guy, but he's, you know, he's quick and he kind of reads the play. So we'll see. And I'm sure if he had it all over again, he'd much rather gone to the bean pot than go, you know, to the Olympics. I don't know if the experience was good enough for him. Maybe it still was, even though he didn't play. Maybe he still enjoyed it. But I'm sure, yeah, like you said, missing out on, you know, hat trophy t-shirt season is, you know, there's, there's not many of those you play for and you love to win every one. Um, and so I'm sure he would have uh, really, really enjoyed that experience. Like you said, he could have been the difference. Um, and we'll see about Portillo. He's, he's the opposite. He's a gigantic guy. So one's Huge. a big guy, one's a little guy and maybe some competition. So we'll see, um, you know, goalies are often late bloomers. You get, you know, they can bloom late. Um, but so we'll see, I'm sure they'll both, uh, you know, come to rookie camp and in, in, in the summer and they can gauge and see if they think they're ready or if they want them to go to back to college or go to the American league and play 50 games and begin that process of a, of a bigger schedule, you know, college is only a couple of games a week, it's a little different. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's a little early to, to talent evaluate, but they both have skills and um, yeah, you got to hit on a goalie, man. You got to have a goalie or it just really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm big on Portillo myself. I love Devin Levi. Um, you know, we've had Eric on the show before um, and, you know, there's one thing in goaltending and Johnny, Johnny, me and Johnny, both being five foot 10 goalies, I'll tell you, you can't teach size. You just can't like yep. either big or you're not. And the more net you take up, the better. And Eric takes up a lot of net. Like 
uh, UPL Ukapekalukan in here in Buffalo, who, you know, this year before he got hurt, and now he's back in Rochester playing, leading the Amherst. But, you know, he played very well for Buffalo when, when called upon here after the Craig Anderson injury. And he's six foot four. Eric is like on skates, I think, like six foot seven. The kid is yeah. massive. And just a very, very well-spoken kid. Like I said, when we had him on, he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, a great interview, very, very well-spoken. And um, I am, uh, you know, co- like competition is honestly, for my opinion, I'm sure Cully will agree. Competition just makes, you know, you know, makes you better in in that when it comes to that position. And uh, I, uh, I look at Eric and I see a very, like a, like a very, like a, almost like a hybrid with his size and his athleticism. So I'm very, really interested to see, uh, you know, how them two push each other to be better and where we are in net three years from now, because I think those guys, both those guys are probably two, three years away from being like legitimate NHL starters and where Buffalo decides to go in between as a bridge between that. Cause I, I don't know if I see Craig Anderson coming back for another year. Yeah, probably not. But they'll have the cap room. So like you said, there's always a goalie out there you can give five million bucks to and who yeah. can be pretty good. You know, but yeah. it doesn't all, I mean, look at Grubauer has not worked out in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so you just don't know with goalies. You know, you, you, you gotta uh, you just gotta uh, be only have to hit on one. So like you said, you you bring these guys in, you look at them in the summer, do they sense like they're they're ready at all, or is it like you said, do we give them three years, two to three years? So in the meantime, do we go out and try to find somebody? You know, Corpus is a free agent. Do we roll the dice on that, you know, and bet on him? Uh, so, yeah, so that, that as you rebuild here and bring people in, you want to you want to have, you know, keep the games close, win some games. So then that helps develop everybody. So, you know, helps develop the younger guys. It helps keep the veterans like a tuck now engaged and don't turn them off. So and them sour on the situation, like obviously it did Eichel. And like, I guess, like we said, maybe it will McDavid. And then they want to they want to get out. So you want to. That's why you need that momentum. I use that word momentum, where you just you're getting better. You're winning more games. You're sniffing the playoffs. You're near that wild card line. So you can develop the young guys with meaningful games, and you keep the old guys engaged so they don't want to leave. Yeah, it's that magic formula, right? And and yeah. and we touched on it a little bit, and I know you you you've touched on it in in your broadcast, but. Goaltenders develop at a different rate, right? We're, we're it, 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 it's, it's a different beast. It's a different animal. Um, we, we tend to hit our peak a little bit later in our careers. And I'm a firm believer of doing it the right way. Because when you try to, I guess, skip ahead in the rebuild or try to jump ahead, that's when you see things kind of blow up in your face. And, and in Buffalo, we've seen that. You, you try to fill the gap with a Taylor Hall or Eric Stahl from last season, and, and it blows up. And I think there's only one right way to do it. It's being patient and, and getting as much draft capital, being smart and free agency, not trying to jump ahead too soon, which I think we've seen here in Buffalo within this past 10 years a few times, right? Like you only want to go through it so much where you don't lose those guys, and, and but you're still close enough to the playoffs where – they're engaged, like you mentioned. So uh, I hope we, we see some of that, whether it be a UPL, whether it's a free agent like Corpusalo. It'll be interesting to see what Kevin Adams and co. do in, in the meantime while these young college prospects develop. Um, and I, I think the one thing, but you know, I want to ask you, you've seen teams that have hit on their second and third rounders, right, that, that have been able to contribute on their entry-level deals that have had success, whether it be the, the Blackhawks and their run in the L.A. Kings – um, and, you know, even even Vegas and their start, um, you know, it's so important to draft well. 
And we haven't done a great job in Buffalo outside, even missing on some of our first rounders. So hopefully Kevin Adams and 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 and, and the, the the people he surrounds himself with can can help with that. Is there anything else that you see is is a way forward for Buffalo to or any any areas for me looking at the job Donnie Granado's done with like a Taste Thompson, right, or a Casey Middlestat, where a lot of fans have given up on those two early in their careers. So um, just your opinion on that and, and you know, is, is he maybe the guy going forward that can help us with Donnie Granado? And, and what is what is the timeline for you for the Sabres to be com- competitive? Yeah, Donnie, I think, is a guy he's developed with the USA program. He's used to doing that. You know, he moved Taves Thompson to the middle this year, and he's got he's to make him rich because of it. He probably saved his career. And so, yes, like you said, it's it's building up that top six, defining roles in the bottom six. But I really do think the recipe, you know, since earlier this year was from the goalie out. That's where they got to go, you know, with Darlene and power. And then, like I said, do they make a move for Chikrin and and give a good a guy with a manageable contract to, to help bring power along or someone like that? I think that's going to be important uh, to give him a good pair to bring him in the league and, and to go with because it's really going to. You know, it, it, as good as he is, that's how good the team is going to be. You know, I'm not sure if Darlene is going to be a high-level guy. I think he'll be a good player. I don't know if he'll ever be a, uh, a an elite player in the league. Uh, he can be, but a very, very good one. And that's the thing. A lot of these guys are like, you know, he can be a number one center, but he's really a number two on a good team. I you hear that a lot. And so that's what they need. And even Tage Thompson, he might be a good number two guy. So how are you going to get that number one guy? Like you said, get lucky on a second-round pick, uh, pick like Patrice Bergeron. Lucky on a third-round pick like Brad Marchand. That set up the Bruins for a decade. They don't hit yeah. those picks, then they're not good for a decade instead of going to three Stanley Cup finals in a decade, you know? And even David Pasternak fell late first round when they're picking in the 20s. And you don't well, have those three picks, right? Like yeah, they had a back-to-back um, back and one guy hits, right? Yeah, and now he's... Th- three guys that get – example with the Bruins and they became the best line in hockey a one a two and a three a late one a two and a three and so a lot of it's luck a lot of it is the, a good scout and a lot of it is the organization spending on scouts if you're going to go cheap on scouting and and not fly around the world seeing guys in person as you make these important picks and having guys like you think oh that guy's going to be a great third round pick if he's there we're going to get him you know or do they even have that kind of depth in their scouting so those are the things we don't know. So a lot of it's luck, getting that right guy at the right time. It's hard to predict when you draft 18, 19-year-olds how good Brad Marchand was going to be. You know, there's a lot of guys who have, you know, who are who have uh, underdog kind of stories and not sure how it's going to work out. You know, and it might be just the right place, right time, which also affects their careers. So it's creating an organization where right place, right time can work, where there is support, good coaching, good veterans. You bring the right support people in. And that's what I mean with power, have the right deep pair for him, have the right support system, and then have the right goalie to save his mistakes sometimes, which can keep his confidence higher. So you make a mistake, it's in the back of the net, that's going to affect your confidence. So if you have a goalie who can maybe erase some of those, it helps a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of luck. There is certainly a blueprint and a plan and people who know how to do it. You know, Steve Eisenman did it in Tampa Bay. Now. Now he's trying to do it in Detroit. He proved he could do it once. It looks like they're kind of going in that direction. But even for them to make the next step is tough. You know, that now you got to make, you got to really hit on draft picks. You got to draft the right free agent. People are coming up on their second contracts and you're up around the cap and you got to get that right goalie. So it's hard, man. It's not easy. As yeah. Buffalo fans know, it's the longest drought 
You know, if they don't make the playoffs it's, next it's, year, it'll, it'll be the longest drought in NHL history. That yeah. team has never gone that long without making the playoffs in the history of the league. Now, of course, you, there were six teams for so long, so hmm. it was hard not to make the playoffs yeah. to go that long. But So that's what we're up against. But, again, hmm. I do like hope. It's a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work. and uh, and But I do think they, they have the stuff right now, if they, if they get lucky in those other areas and make the right calls, that they can get up there. You know, the Penguins are aging. The Capitals are aging. You know, the Bruins are aging. So, you know, uh, the Rangers are going up. So that's one team, you know, it goes the other way. So this, they have to look at it that way. Like you said, three to four years on those other teams who are still playoff teams, but maybe on the downward trend a little bit, they can take advantage and that can be their window. That's how they have to look at it. Yeah. I, I look at the deadline too, and you mentioned finding a defensive partner for Owen Power when he inevitably makes his debut. That's why I think, you know, you think seller, 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 but, you know, if I'm Kevin Adams, maybe I'm looking for that future D partner at the deadline. If who's look at who's seeing who's available, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I mean, would is because, it, because of Chickren's contract, it's so manageable that that's the one guy I look yeah. at. That. That I know make sense. I, it, it, it would. And, you know, Kevin Adams already said, you know, he plans on making at least attempting to weaponize all that cap space they have. They did do it, I think, with uh, Johnny Boychuk. I know they have his cap still on their payroll. Yep. But, you know, you have all that cap room. It's almost, you know, irresponsible not to at least try yep. and, you know, be that broker, that third team broker, maybe in a Giroux trade. You know, I'll, we'll, you trade him to us. We'll take half his salary. We'll trade him. You take half his salary. And now you have Claude. Giroux and you just freed up however many million dollars on, on, on your salary cap. You know, I, I, uh, I could definitely see us doing that. I think it's a smart move and maybe that is where you, you know, maybe you get your defenseman or maybe you get your, you know, your picks, uh, yeah. you know, you accumulate more picks to maybe trade and maybe get the draft to find that defenseman. I don't right. know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You take on salaries to get a draft pick, right? You're yep. not going to get really a player. You're not going to get Claude Giroux, but mm-hmm. you're going to get, maybe you get a second round pick from somebody for taking on 5 million the rest of the year. Exactly. You, or first, like you said, then you take that pick as another second round pick you have, and then try to get Chickering or try to get someone like you said, uh, or move up in the draft. If you notice somebody, so uh, yeah, that that's that. Those are the decisions we talk about that you have to make those right ones, you know. And obviously, being informed and good at your job makes it a better chance of those working out. They don't always work out, but yeah, if you're good at what you do, they're going to work out more than not. And yeah, you, to try to just to hit that you know home run or really make those real nice calculated decisions. That's what it's all about. That's that's how you build an organization. Uh, but there's 32 teams, man. And there's a you know, it's it's tough. So you got to make you better make the right ones. Yep, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm that a big fan of Manson. Like... Ahead, no, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I said I'm a big fan of Manson. Uh, I know I've heard rumors that he might be. A, I think he'd be the perfect kind of like tough physical defenseman to either put yep. with a with a, a Darlene or even an or sorry with an Owen Power. Right. Um, you know, a guy you know who I think he's going to be 30 years old. I, yep. I think I think so. You know, guy's been in the league for a bit and really can, yep. you know, kind of t- kind of teach him the ways of the NHL and you know allow him to maybe play his game a little bit more. And you know, you have a guy like Manson on the blue line who will sit back and play defense and maybe cover up for some of the rookie mistakes a guy like him might make. Right, exactly. Invest, I say, invest in the back end with power and dollar by giving them really stout veterans, like you said. That only helps your goalie. And then from there, you hope all the forwards that you already have continue to develop a little bit and then slowly plug in the right guys. We mentioned the second round picks, third round picks. Will somebody pop and become a top six guy? You can build the bottom six fine. That's not hard. Uh, But to build that top six 
10, maybe almost top nine nowadays. You're almost thinking like yeah. seven to nine, um, you know, maybe eight guys. And uh, then, you know, even work in pairs, you can have six and then have two guys on each line, you know. And then the third guys can just be like Michael Bunty in Toronto. He's, you know, identify a guy that makes 950000 put him with, with Marner and Matthews, and now you have a 30-goal score at 950000 So that's what you need. You need those pairs. You know, our Thompson and Tuck a pair, and you, you put a cheap guy with him who can still score 20, 25 goals, who wouldn't on his own, but he would with them. And then you go down the bottom, you know, and then you have Krebs and somebody else. And then, you, you know, whether it's Quinn, and then you, and you just need those pairs, and then you get those third guys cheaper. And then have the strong back end. Now you got a team that can, you know, that can win. Yeah, that, that blueprint for success is, 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 you know, you laid it out nicely there. I hope we have the, the, you know, it's to see the Amherst have some success with the Paterkas and and the Quins. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, yep. But I, I think you hit on a key point that a lot of fans might not understand. You and, and maybe we met, messed up a little bit with Darlene. Um, you have to invest and protect your assets like power because you don't get the generational talent gets thrown around a lot, but we've seen, and you've seen what he can do at the college level. uh, And what we saw what last year at the the world championship, it was just amazing for me. That was my first real look at his game. And Mm -hmm. he looked like a man and he, and he, to see him get minutes in in the overtime in the, Metal game really an eye opener for me, and 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 I just the chicken idea. I I I know I've seen it before, but you bringing that up, I, I think it's it's so important for us to 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 protect power and in, in, in a way that we let him develop into the the player that he can be. So now we have our true you know one A one B defensive pairs right, and and then build from the back out and allow that goaltender to maybe you know help us out there. So. Um, so just wanted to hit on that point. Real quick question. I know uh, we don't have you for a long time, but um, I obviously love chicken parm. It was my go-to uh, pregame meal. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Just a quick background on that because I, I, I enjoy following the social media and the pictures. It's great. Um, I, I, I now cook it for my daughters. They love it. Um, you know, I miss, I miss the regularity of my routine playing and, and having, you know, I used to go to Boston Pizza and yep. have it right. Like, so I, I had my – I've had my favorite um, chicken parm spot. So where did that start? Yeah, just really, really with Ferraro when back in the days, you know, back in the late nineties when NHL Tonight was on, and he would come, he would show up, and I didn't really grow up with chicken parm. As my mom didn't make it, I don't know if I even ate very much of it in my twenties. I couldn't afford to go to restaurants in my twenties, so um, it just started to become a thing. It's like this is an awesome meal. It's perfect. It's good post workout. Low carbs pasta it's it's nice it's filling but it's you know and not it's not expensive it can be cheap so yeah it just all made so i, I just kind of went overboard with that and then i started and i started calling him chicken parm uh, because of it just a silly <laughs> silly nickname name a, you know the guy's nickname is dinner and so now he goes to the airport and people scream chicken parm at him and then of course the twitter thing again just just I don't, again i don't know how this stuff happens on twitter it yeah. just happens by accident and I just start rating dinners and starting roasting people. And I think they like that. So, yeah, so it, it just, it's just become a weird. Like Get back on my, Tinder. Yeah, like anything, with, like anything with me, it's an accident. I don't plan anything. No, you know, that one, that one where someone posted their uh, the, 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 the chicken parm their girlfriend made them. You were like, get back on Tinder. Back on Tinder, yeah. Um, I, I, no, look, again. I, I tell people, I, I look at them. If I don't have a response right away, I let it go. I don't, you know, it has to has to come out naturally. Yeah. Otherwise, it's too Agreed. forced. So, yeah, I, really, I, I for every one I post, there are pe- people send forty. So there's no lack of pictures. 
I think it's a testament to your talent as not only an analyst and a broadcaster and an anchor at ESPN, but like just like how you said, everything that, that's it happened organically, right? And I think that's the beauty of of, of you and, and what makes you great. And and I, I just appreciate what you've done for the game as, as a Rocky fan. And uh, you know, I look forward to tomorrow night you calling the game and and seeing what that reaction will be. Um, yeah, be fun. in all these years you're just carrying the rope with 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 the like you've done in ESPN. I can't tell you how much that has meant to, to me and you know our generation. Um, and to see ESPN back and and to you calling more hockey is is awesome. Yep. Um, does Jack Uncle score tomorrow night? Yeah, I think he does. I think he does think too. He does. I'm on I, a good run here. I, I had a, Alex Ovechkin goal. I got the call last Thursday, and I called a Matthews goal on Monday. So it's been a, I've been a kind of a superstar yeah. heater here. So it's, it, like, yeah. this is all new. So for are you, me. you're so calling call it here first. Goal. It's, it's awesome, you know. You're calling it here first. Jack Eichel scores tomorrow night. I'm calling it. You, you heard know? it here on two goalies, one Mike. I love it. It's going to um, be a big game for him. He's going to bring it. Yeah, yeah you know, sure. just much like when he played when he was here when he played Toronto, he really did take that. And you might you remember obviously how serious that t- Buffalo Toronto rivalry would get drive up the yep. QEW. Like yep. it, it used to get heated, especially in the late '90s. Obviously with uh, Ray and Domi back over there, you know them yep. punch each other in the face every single night. Darcy Tucker, um, yep. you know Brad May, Matt Barnaby, um, just. It used to get really heated. I remember as a kid just going to the games with my dad and like seeing seeing fine cars from Toronto or from 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 Ontario, and you'd wipe lotion underneath the handles. You you throw toilet paper on the cars. We took it seriously as kids, man. We hated, yeah. we hated the Leafs. Like we didn't do anything any crazy dramatic, like criminal, but like you know right. whatever. You know you come to our barn. This is what you're gonna get. Um, yeah, it's part of the deal. It's, yeah, why these, and, it's why these guys make a great living because uh, the fans are into it. But yeah, you know, he would get juiced up for those games, you know, telling Toronto fans to sit down after he scores, yada, yada you know, and, and you know, he, he's going to be juiced tomorrow night. Um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm excited. I know like I'm, uh, I'm going to get to the game late myself. I'm, uh, as I told Cully, you know, Cully, I told you and I told you I'll be on the drop tomorrow, uh, right before puck drop with Greg Wyshynski and, uh, excited for that. But, um, I'm hoping I don't miss that Eichel tribute video because I really do want to see the reaction. Uh, yeah. of the fans and see, you know, see, you know, which way it goes. Maybe, like I said, maybe Bucci's right. And it's going to be all bad. Maybe it's mixed. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I think I've seen enough reaction on social media to think that maybe you are right. But I think that that anger is also directed at the owner ownership box for sure. For sure. Uh, b- before for sure. we let you go. Um, I do want to say, ask you, um, while, since you've been in Buffalo, like where are your spots, you know, where are you going to eat for dinner? You know, you're big on your food and you know, your, your, your beers and whatnot. Like where, where are you, where are you hitting up? Are you going to I, chefs? Well, I just got texted by Ferrari. I, I got to meet him in 10 minutes. Okay. And he, he says, I'm driving by the way, chop, chop. So he's already, you know, <laughs> so yeah, we're so, oh, he didn't say where we're going to dinner. Someone else is making the reservation. So we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll make a suggestion. Mulberries is a good spot. I think the Sabres coach might be making the reservation. So oh, you know, Granado, Donnie meatballs. I love it. I mean, Ferraro did marry his sister. So there's kind of yeah. a connection there. You know if you, so, yeah. if you get a chance to ever hit up Mulberries while I you're in Buffalo, that. I heard about that parm, so maybe that's it. I don't know. The it's parm, though. and they have a meatball the size of your head there. It's one of their specialty things. That's um, my go-to app these days. It's a big. It's seven and seven eight. So that's a pretty yep. big meatball. So I don't know. I, uh, one thing. One thing we're doing on two goalies on Mike again before we let you go is we are doing our you know this being a goalie podcast we reach out to local goaltenders junior goaltenders wherever you play send us your videos for your save of the week and this is our save of the week brought to you by Kyle Rivers. Uh, just you know. 
you know, debut it with none other than Bucci on the stream. How about this defenseman just bailing? Look at this. was good that's darren pang stuff right there darren pang two pad jammer making the two dominator pad, here in two buffalo pad, proud two pad windmill double yeah. double pad stack windmill big yep and then that how about like in the beginning that defenseman just ah, i'm gonna go on a change just, just bailed he was tired <laughs> yeah. hey john we appreciate your time so much go you enjoy bet. your dinner enjoy your time in buffalo yep. Uh, thanks again for everything you've done for the hockey community. It's been a real pleasure, a real treat, and I know our fans will enjoy this. Thanks. Love you guys. Love like Buffalo. Thanks yep. for watching tomorrow. Yep. Peace. Yeah, he's an absolute wagon. I love it. Um, you know, Cully, he made a lot of good points there. Um, yeah, he predicted straight up that Jack Eichel will score tomorrow night. Big news, big, big predictions from, from Bucci. Um, and I, I did like a lot of what he had to say about the future of this team. Yeah. You know what? He's, he's a smart hockey guy. You don't get to be where he is without knowing the ins and outs. And, and it's, it's great. You know, look at Ray Ferraro, his partner, a guy that played in the league. And I just, it, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for some of those dinners or some of those, you know, commercial breaks at ESPN or with, you know, the guys he's worked with over the years. What a treat to have him on. Um, I hope our fans enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's just, what, what an icon, um, that John Butchergrass, like, you know, I, great job. A lot of props to you, Dwayne, for setting that up. Um, you know, I'm doing this out of a hockey pro shop. People have been banging on the glass to get their skate sharpened. And, 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 um, I, I was, I'm just happy that we got through Butchie without me, um, having to have somebody walk in, had a couple knocks on the windows. Hope people don't realize that. Yeah. Uh, you know where I'm at. You're holding, no, you're holding. Thank you for making this work, Dwayne. That was fun. You're holding. I, you're holding the pro shop hostage right now, but you know, rightfully so. We need to. We need to. Everybody's just walking by, and uh, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely um, love it. Uh, um, what are your predictions for now tomorrow night, Cully? I think that um, obviously Vegas, much deeper team. You know, I I think Eichel. You know, he gets on the board. I don't think he scores. Um, it's it's tough. I I nothing against the guy. I just think that. He, he's always been, you know, an emotional guy, and I think the emotions get the better of him tomorrow. But I could be wrong. Maybe the, the boot train lights his fire in a good way. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see him have some success. I don't hate the guy. I never was a huge fan, but, you know, like, I'm not going to root against somebody just because, you know, he, he wanted to do something medically with his body that we weren't on board with. Yeah. Um, and I think that organizationally, I, I don't know everything that went on. I think the people that have this tremendous amount of hate towards somebody, hey, that's your right as a fan. I I, I don't know. I, I would like to see the Sabres have success, um, and, and I hope that that trade helps us be in a position to be bring back party in the plaza, be in the playoffs. And if that means Jack Eichel goes on to have success right now, so be it. But I like the return we got. I like Tuck's game. To see his um, three three games ago, I forget who we were playing. He makes a, Tuck makes a play on the boards to get Skinner the puck, um, and then it, it was against Minnesota. And then to see his goal was so cool and such a wonderful moment. And to see it happen organically. But I got to get out of here. I, there's a line forming outside the door, um, and I got to get to my next rink. So right. uh, such a treat. Episode eighty nine. Two two goalies, one Mike Dwayne. This has been a lot of fun. What's yeah, your prediction? Before I go, 
Uh, prediction. We're going to like, take a look at that picture real quick. I meant to, I was trying to get it to load during the episode. It just finally, it was taking forever. So sorry about that call. I really want, you know, no. you wanted to see that. Cool story. But, uh, we met him at, um, at like a college hockey. I, I was out in uh, Connecticut coaching um, St. Francis and we, we saw him in the hallway because we, we were watching like a Sacred Heart UConn game. He was just watching. I'm like, is that John Butchergrass? And, you know, he's obviously working, but he took time to take a picture with every one of my guys. That was five years ago. To me, that's that's his character, right? And, and that's yep. why, I did, like, he's such an awesome, awesome person to have be on, on your side. And you've seen it all these years at ESPN where hockey hasn't been a, a mainstay. And that's why I love him. Uh, and that's why this was such a treat. I it probably I probably looked like it during the interview, like a kid in a candy shop, just being able to talk to one of my idols. Like I said, I met him. Thank you for posting that. But like, it, it probably happens to him all the time. But the impact it had on my players, like, it's something they'll never forget, right? And um, really cool moment. So, what what's your prediction before I gotta go? Because they're about to block down the barricade. Um, my prediction would be, I think I do think Vegas wins. Uh, I'd say five, three, I think Eichel scores twice. Um, I think he's going to be too juice not to put one, at least one in the net. I think he gets two. I think tuck scores for sure. Um, I think he'll be just as juice to welcome his old team into his new barn, you know, at home. Cause this is what he, this is where he's always called home. This is where he's always dreamed of playing. So I think both guys get on the board tomorrow night and, uh, it'll be an entertaining game, but I, I do think Vegas pulls it out in the end. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're not we're not a contender yet. Vegas is. Um, I mean, we did beat we did beat Toronto five to one. We did we did we did. Uh, make, listen, yeah. I love that. Hey, yeah, I'm not you gotta that. love that. Winning hockey games. I just, you know, it it, it, it it it's gonna it's gonna be an emotional night. I, I I look forward to seeing, you know, what kind of passion it brings out, whether it's positive or negative. I mean, it's passion, right? And I think that with everything crazy going on in the world, it's nice to get that distraction and be a, a hockey fan, a sports fan for, for a little bit. Right. And I think we all need a little bit of that in our life and uh, where everything is happening. So um, it's, it's something fun to look forward to. And, and um, I, I, I mean, I like your prediction. I, I hope the Sabres pull one out. Uh, it's kind of like a, you know, feel it Jack moment, but you know, like I said, I, I'm not going to root against the guy for the rest of his career because he did what's best for him. And, Interesting that Butchie brought up McDavid leaving a couple times. Like, I know people in Edmonton are probably, you know, would hate that, but like, I think it's just going to be, it's harder with the cap these days. But listen, guys want to win. And if it's not working out in one place, they want out. I think we have the right people in the right places. I think Kevin Adams is the, and I'm going on a limb here, but I think he's done a good job so far. I think Donnie Granado's done a great job. Just look at the development in Tage Thompson. Mm-hmm. And like Butchie said, he probably, Saved Ty Tate Thompson's career by making that switch to a center and allowing him to get to to utilize both sides of the ice and to get the and engage in the play more and and to see little developments like that. Donnie's always been great. Like he did it at the program for so long. So I'm confident we're moving in the right direction. I just think that we have to stick to the plan. It's it's so easy to jump the gun and and kind of cut corners and that's where teams get screwed over. So. Um, I, I, I just what an interview from from Butchie Dwayne. Great job setting that up. Um, have fun at. The, are you going to the game tomorrow? You said. Uh yeah. I'm, I, I I mentioned I'm going to be uh, appearing on the drop with Greg, Greg Wyshynski like right before a puck drop. Um, so I'm going to be late. I uh, hope I don't miss any of the festivities. I know they said they're going to push it to like seven fifteen. Hopefully that gives me at least somewhat enough time to make it up, make it to the game. You know where I'm only missing five or ten minutes. I'm about twenty minute drive from the rink, so. 
we'll see. But uh, yeah, I do plan on going. Uh, I'm going to buy my tickets tonight and uh, me and producer Steve are going to hit it up and uh, you know, hopefully we'll see a Sabres win. Probably not though, but <laughs> I, I hate, I hate being not being optimistic about it, but I just, I just think there's just going to be too much energy uh, on the Vegas side of things with Jack coming back to Buffalo. So uh, at uh, least we'll you don't have to do your on the drop interview in a hockey pro shop and have kids banging. I probably prevented, you know, somebody from getting their skate sharp and I feel bad. They someone, someone, someone blowing out their ankle uh, with, with yeah, a, yeah. they don't have an edge. It's Scully's fault. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate you setting this up. Uh, fans, be sure to catch Dwayne with Wyshynski tomorrow. That's going to be a fun one, buddy. Good luck. Have fun. Um, and uh, Big moment know, for two goalies on Mike. Yeah, that this has been a fun interview. Thank you for making it work. Thanks for dealing with my makeshift studio. Off to the next mm-hmm. rink. It's uh, States weekend. So all my teams that are competing in the state tournament coming up, trying to get the little the, the teams ready. So it brings back good memories. Um, yep. Thank you for working with me here and uh, the makeshift studio. Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> there you go. So, uh, it's getting crazy here. I love you guys. Episode 89, Two Boys, One Mike. Be sure to catch Dwayne tomorrow. Greg Wyshynski. What time does that start? Uh, it starts at 630, but I'll be on it around 650. They're bringing me in, so. That'll be awesome. Can't wait to view it. I'll probably be on the ice, catch it after, and catch the tail end of the Sabres game. But for uh, Dwayne Stanell, I'm Johnny Cohen. Two goalies, one Mike. Uh, that was awesome, man. What an interview yep. with Butch. What a guy. Love yep. him. All right. You guys have a good one. This was episode 89 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Signing off for Cully. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, everybody, it's Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike here to remind you that we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So please make sure you subscribe, hit the notification button, so whenever we go live or drop an episode, you're the first ones to know. And, of course, can you give us a five-star review? Really appreciate it. Helps us get noticed in the world of hockey podcasting. Does go a long way, and we really do appreciate it, and we appreciate you for listening. And while you're at it, please make sure you check out any of the podcasts with Trainwreck Sports Network and, of course, Dean Blundell's Podcasting Network. Guys have a ton of great content, great podcasts uh, for you to listen to, no matter what like your forte is, what sport it is, or just you know music. You know, I know they have a ton of different stuff on all of their platforms. So make sure you check that out. And thank you for listening. And you guys have a great day. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.